So the EV report, uh, this explores a transition of Australia's entire urban car fleet in 10 years to electric vehicles and then cost that transition. This is in a similar vein to our main program of research work, which is Zero Carbon Australia program, which is taking the different sectors of the Australian economy and showing how they can get to zero emissions in 10 years. So we've covered electricity, buildings, land use, uh, Australia as a renewable energy superpower. And this electric vehicles report is part of the Zero Carbon Australia transport plan. So um, we've already had the high speed rail report a couple of years ago, and we intend to have future reports on freight and integrated urban transport. And we've really got five um, kind of principles in our transport plan, which are to shift off fossil fuels, to electrify the transport system with 100% renewable energy, to reduce the number of road vehicles, and to encourage a shift to more sustainable modes of transport, such as public transport, walking and cycling. So those are the principles that guide the transport plan. And I've got five main points in today's presentation. One is that conventional cars have to go. Two, electric vehicles have arrived. Three, the economics of this 10-year transition to electric vehicles and also for buses. And measures that can get us there, measures and policies to support the uptake. So why do I say conventional cars have to go? Well, they represent 48% of Australia's transport emissions. Um, urban cars that our report focuses on represent 36%. And this is actually a number that has grown, been growing quite substantially. So it's grown 50% since 1990. Um, so 44 million tonnes of carbon dioxide come out of the tailpipe of um, cars in Australia. And it's set, if we carry on the way we are with conventional cars, it's set to continue to grow. So that's why we say conventional cars have to go. And also because now, as we know, there's, there's a replacement. So these are three of the electric vehicles uh, that have been for sale in Australia. Um, the Nissan Leaf, um, probably the best-selling electric, I think it is the best-selling electric vehicle in the world with a range of about 170k at the moment. That'll be getting um, longer sooner. Uh, and then the only two available today new in Australia, the BMW i3, um, range of 160k, and of course the Tesla S, perhaps the most famous electric vehicle in the world. So that, that, those are the ones that are available in Australia, but worldwide, pretty much every major manufacturer of cars that you've heard of has at least one electric vehicle. Um, so there's the Ford Focus electric, the Fiat 500 electric, the Honda Fit, um, the Renault Zoe. So Renault, um, Renault Zoe, have, um, there's a new, new one out, um, I think it's coming to Australia, uh, with a range of 400k, and that's, that's going to be in kind of the $40,000 price bracket, I believe, maybe a bit less. Um, and many manufacturers have multiple electric vehicles. And one of the most interesting pieces of news in the last year about electric vehicles is that VW, who we all know have heavily backed diesel for a long time, well, they don't like diesel anymore. They're going into electric. So their plan is to have 30 electric models by 2025. And they're putting billions of US dollars um, into their electric vehicle strategy. So often when you hear people talk about electric vehicles, when it's discussed in the press, you hear this um, 
you hear the term range anxiety, how far can they go as far as we need them to go? Well, in our report, we, we present some data um, for how far trips actually are. This is data based in Victoria. So it says that according to the transport survey, half of trips are less than 5K, over 90% of trips are less than 30K, and 99% of trips are less than 120K. So 99% of trips are well within the range of a, a standard electric vehicle these days. Uh, so those with range anxiety can relax. Apart from that 1% of trips, which is you know, m maybe a bit longer, a couple of hundred K, um, and then we're gonna need charging stations. And they're beginning, that doesn't appear very well on the screen, but they're, be they're beginning to appear. Uh, so Tesla has um, nearly completed a charging network that'll take you from Melbourne uh, to north of Brisbane. Uh, there's an Australian company called Tritium that's building a, a charging network on the Queensland coast. There's a network in um, uh, South Perth and south of Perth. So this is starting to appear, charging networks for those longer journeys. So, but what you hear less of about electric vehicles is they're actually great cars. In many ways, they're better than the fossil fuel cars that they're going to re replace. And if you talk to uh, owners of electric vehicles, one thing they love is the convenience of the fact that they charge them at home. So every time, as long as they remember to plug it in, every time they get into them in the morning, it's fully charged. So they don't actually ever have to worry about going to a petrol station. Uh, that's one benefit. And they're also really nice to drive. So they've got um, low center of gravity and distributed weight, so they handle very well and they accelerate incredibly quickly. Um, a Tesla uh, Model S, I think, goes from 0 to 100 in about four seconds. So that's, that'd be one of the fastest accelerating cars on the road. Uh, but even the mid-range ones have very fast acceleration. So they're great to drive. So the centerpiece of our report is really some economic modeling that talks about this transition in 10 years to electric vehicles from the urban fleet. Uh, but it costs it uh, over 20 years. And the costs that are included in that report, there's really three areas of cost. The capital costs are of the transition, so m mostly buying uh, new electric vehicles. Operation and maintenance costs, so that's um, uh, insurance, registration, and, and, on, and repairs of vehicles, and the fuel costs, either electricity or petrol diesel. And we looked at two different options when we were costing them. So option one is just business as usual. We carry on replacing the fleet when, when cars wear out with fossil fuel cars and the, the fleet continues to gradually uh, rise over time as it has been. Option two, the interesting option, 100% uh, transition to electric vehicles in 10 years. So in that option two, the 100% transition, we looked at lower costs and higher costs because we don't know all the costs in, in future that are going to determine the cost of their transition. So we looked at low and higher costs of oil price based on the uh, projections of the Bureau, uh, um, Bureau of Transport and Infrastructure in Australia. Uh, with the lower oil price, low, um, the oil price doesn't really change much um, compared to today, just great, which is fairly low, continues fairly low. Higher oil price, it rises. Um, maintenance costs. We, we know that the maintenance of electric vehicles is going to be less than fossil fuel cars um, just because they've got, they're so much less complicated. Uh, a Tesla S, I've told, contains 18 moving parts. 
a fossil fuel car would contain 100 times more moving parts than that. So there's just so much less to go wrong. Um, in the higher cost scenario, we said that the um, maintenance cost would be 25% less, and in the lower cost one, 80% less. And then kind of the big one is what, what's going to happen to electric vehicle prices. They're still at the moment more expensive than a comparative um, fossil fuel car. When are they going to reach parity? So in the higher cost scenario, we said they'd reach parity in 2035, and in the lower cost scenario in 2025. Now, one risk of doing this kind of work is that it's such a fast-moving area. Uh, even since we did this work, battery costs, which are the main reason electric vehicles are more expensive at the moment, battery costs have plummeted. So since 2010, they've come down 65%. In 2015 alone, they came down by a, about a third. And they're set to continue to decrease, people think, probably by about another two-thirds um, using the, the lithium-ion technology that's used today. So electric, uh, electric vehicles could actually achieve price parity way bef even before 2025, which we costed as the lower um, scenario. Um, plenty of people are projecting between 2020 and 2025, including Bloom Bloomberg New Energy Finance. So this is what those costs look like uh, over time. This is the business-as-usual scenario, which is, as, as you'd expect, is just a kind of um, flat line going upwards. The things to note in this, are, uh, the first thing is what we pay today for the status quo, for the, the, the benefit of each of us owning our own car, um, is getting towards 100 billion a year as a country and, and rising. And also, what a big chunk of that is for operation and maintenance, so insurance registration and repairs. This is what it look like, looks like over 20 years if we transition to electric vehicles in 10 years. So quite a different shaped curve. You've got this big, um, big peak here, which is the purchase of millions of electric vehicles. And then you've got a smaller one down the track, which is what we've assumed for the um, battery replacement, because the batteries uh, don't tend to fail, but they degrade um, in a predictable way over time. And at some point, people will replace them. So how do these two cost curves compare? They actually work out about the same. So this is, this is the key slide from tonight's presentation because it shows that we could transition to electric vehicles uh, in 10 years and it could be cost neutral uh, over 20 years at, at an economy-wide level. So we've been using fossil fuel cars for 100 years now and they've come to be vital to our economy, but also culturally, they're key to us. But we could overthrow that now in 10 years, and it would be cost neutral because of the lower costs of maintaining and running electric vehicles. And I just think this is a, a you know a really startling piece of research to show that we've, we're now at that moment when we can switch to electric vehicles. At the, we're still at the moment where perhaps just a few enthusiasts have them. But that's exactly where we were with lots of other technologies like you know, mobile phones and, and smartphones. And one day, just one person you, has got them and you think, why did they pay all that money? And then everyone's got them and you, people think you're weird if you don't have one. So we're, we're, we're at that moment. We've actually probably been quite generous to charging infrastructure in this. Um, we don't know how much charging infrastructure we'll need. So we've assumed that for every car purchased, there'll be a charger installed at home one an additional one somewhere else uh, in the ur urban area so that's two for every car plus um, 
long distance charging infrastructure. I, a lot of people think we won't actually need that much, but we've been conservative. So, yeah, under our lower cost scenario, transition to electric vehicles is cost neutral. Even under the higher cost scenario, where electric vehicles don't achieve price parity till 2025, um, it's only 25% higher, which is actually affordable to the Australian economy. That's about $20 per person per week. Neither of these scenarios is actually what BZE wants. So this is what we've costed. It's not a prediction, let alone what we want to happen. What we want to happen is fewer cars on the road. So in chapter, I think it's six of our report, we look at achieving a redundancy rate. Um, so this yellow area um, of nine to 10% a year. So that's um, cars of whatever type it is, just becoming redundant because there are better options for people. And in this, in this graph, so the redundancy comes up to meet, um, squash out the uh, fossil fuel cars, and the remaining ones are provided with electric vehicles. This would be a much cheaper transition, and it's what we should actually do. And the way we achieve this is obviously, as um, Minister Rattenbury was talking about, we provide better options um, for, of particularly public transport, so people don't need to own a car. But there are lots of new technologies and business models arising now which make it less attractive to own a car. And these are starting to bite um, in Europe where young people especially are becoming less interested in owning a car and they're using you know, Uber, car sharing services, other e-hailing services. And on the horizon we've got different things like driverless cars and this will drive down demand for cars and mean we don't have to own one anymore. So public transport is definitely part of the answer. Uh, and we also modelled in this report in a very similar way, we modelled a 100% transition to electric buses. Uh, this bus, this is going to be, looks like the ones you're going to be getting in Canberra next year in January. So this is a, a VAS bus. At our Melbourne launch, this bus was there. It's a great bus. It drove from Melbourne to Sydney on a single charge. Um, and, you know, the quietness is actually quite strange, even stranger than the uh, quietness of an electric car, because you expect a bus to be juddery, smell a bit, and make a lot of noise. Um, so there's going to be three um, made by a VAS very similar to this in Canberra in January, I think it is, yeah. So this is the cost of the transition under the lower cost scenario. Um, buses would actually be cheaper if we, trans if we made the transition in 10 years than carrying on with the status quo. And that's because of the lower running costs. Buses are used a much higher percentage of the time than cars. So it would actually be cheaper. So I think the ACT government should just replace all their buses with electric vehicles, hundreds of them. And, and, and they're not really a new thing. Lots of cities have done this. Um, the 73 in London and all the single-decker buses in London, which is, um, I think, about 300, will be electric in three years' time. So. You know, electric buses are a proven technology. Even under the higher cost scenario, they're only 10% more expensive, which is about 72 cents per person per week. So, a rapid transition to electric cars and buses operating on 100% renewable energies, desirable, achievable, and affordable. But we haven't actually costed all of the benefits uh, of, a, of the EV transition. We've taken a very... Um, economic approach, but there are lots of harder to cost 
advantages of electric vehicles. The obvious one is the avoided carbon emissions. So this would save about 6% um, of Australia's carbon emissions. But another really important one is an improved urban environment. Um, improve, improved air quality. Air quality, I was reading this week, according to the um, World Health Organization, is the biggest single killer of any type in the world. Obviously, Australia benefits from better air quality, but even here, it's estimated that 500 to 1,000 people die as a result of poor air quality every year. So it's not that far behind the road toll, although it gets a lot more exposure. Um, electric vehicles, zero tailpipe emissions. And obviously, much quieter, and there's a lot of research also on you know, the negative effects of noise on the urban environment. For example, people who live on noisy streets know their neighbours, a lot lower, fewer of their neighbours than people who live on quiet streets. Energy security, also one that doesn't get spoken about <coughs> enough. Um, relying on foreign oil supplies for petrol and diesel costs tens of billions to this country every year. It's actually quite uh, an insecure position to be in. There's not much storage of oil in Australia. So if anything happened to those oil supplies that comes from a small number of countries, um, in two or three weeks, there would be no, that we would run out of oil, uh, and given that the whole economy runs on that, that's actually quite a risky position to be in. Move to electric, the energy is obviously made here, and improving the electricity grid. Um, this is perhaps slightly counterintuitive because electric vehicles are obviously going to be using uh, electricity and increasing demand. We show some um, modelling in the um, in the report. This is a week. The blue the blue peaks is a week of uh, real energy usage in New South Wales and ACT during summer. So it's peaking every day in late afternoon. Um, the green areas are the theoretical charging of electric vehicles if all cars in ACT and New South Wales were, were electric. So it wouldn't actually add to the peak demand because they could be charged in the areas of lower demand. Um, and they wouldn't, for that reason, they also wouldn't add to the required peak capacity, even though um, they would require about a fifth more energy than is, uh, electricity than is currently used. Plus the fact that electric vehicles can act as storage for the grid and there are trials in the UK and other European countries at the moment of vehicle-to-grid technology where vehicles provide electricity at times of, of peak demand. So how do we get there? Um, I, th I think we're going to get there anyway, I honestly do. I think EVs are a better technology, it's just a question of the price coming down. But how do we make sure uh, Australia gets there quickly and follows uh, the, the lead that's been shown by Norway and a couple of other countries? Um, so there's, there's, a, there's a lot of policies, uh, and Ambassador Klovstad mentioned some of them, a lot of them to do with tax incentives. Uh, so we could reduce or remove taxes on the import of electric vehicles. Uh, we could transition government fleets to electric vehicles. Make car emission standards progressively more stringent. Lower or eliminate registration fees for electric vehicles. Allow access to transit lanes for electric vehicles plan new car parks and apartments for charging infrastructure, and set state and national electric vehicle targets. I think we heard that pretty much all of those have been implemented in Norway, and other countries have uh, implemented some of them. N not many of them have been implemented here, 
Um, the, the one that I think should happen really quickly is um, that government fleets should uh, set targets for becoming entirely electric. I know that the, the uh, ACT government has, was it 17 electric vehicles already, uh, but I think there's a case for having a target for making that 100% uh, before long. And that gives it all the users of that, those fleet cars exposure to electric vehicles and finds out that they're really great to drive. So to conclude, a rapid shift to electric cars and buses operating on 100% renewable energy is desirable achievable uh, and affordable. I, th I think electric vehicles are going to happen. That's a good thing. There's a lot of benefits, not least the fact that they uh, reduce greenhouse gas emissions to zero when powered by 100% renewable energy. Um, and I think we all want Australia to be one of the first countries to benefit from this and not one of the last.